Well, um, I do not deserve that. God is already showering me with his grace uh, before I even get started. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I have loved this series. Have you guys loved this series? I want to hear. Yeah, yeah. It has been fantastic. One of my favorite parts is I've got to hear my friends come up on stage and share about who Jesus is to them and how he is transforming their hearts and continues to transform their hearts. And it has been so satisfying and so beautiful to listen to. I've learned so much about John during this time, too, which um, I just can't wait to share with you what I have learned. But first, if you don't know me, my name is Shantae, like Carrie had mentioned. Um, I am a mom, um, and I am a wife, and my, my family's actually back there. I wasn't sure if they are going to come tonight. I did put some pictures up of my goofy family. Um, but I have a 13-year-old, Anna, and I have an 11-year-old named Abraham, and This is going to sound like a lie, but it is true. I love being the mom of teenagers and a preteen. That sounds like a complete lie, but I love it so much. I think I love having like real life conversations with my kids. I love hearing about who Jesus is to them and who he wants to be to all of us. I even love the conflict and the fighting in our house because we get to have real conversations and we get to listen to each other and get to engage in each other's life in a way that maybe we wouldn't if we didn't have that conflict. By the way, I'm a seven on the Enneagram, so I love everything, if you didn't know that. But I do. I love being a mom. I also get to be um, a part of a family ministry team here at the Raleigh campus. I get to lead staff who lead volunteers who guide kids to Jesus. I mean, honestly, it is such an honor. Especially, I think it's an honor for me because I come to know Jesus when I was eight years old. Um, My parents weren't Christ followers like Grace's parents. Um, My parents were um, awesome people, but they did not know uh, the Lord. And I would go to church with my grandfather, who was a pastor at a little podunk kind of church that only like older folks went to. They didn't really even have a children's ministry in that church. And so I uh, would attend with them. I would stay the night every Saturday night and go to church with all of these folks. I would actually play the piano, and this guy named Herschel Taylor would give me a dollar every time I played that piano, and I could not wait to get my dollar and to see Herschel and to see how proud he was of me. Um, So I think I love what I get to do because I didn't have anyone guiding me, really. the, The church that I belonged to didn't even really talk about kids receiving Christ. And so I didn't have anyone to ask my questions to or to even share my doubt with. But some of that changed when I was about 19 years old. I met my husband, Aaron, and he also was a Christ follower. And we had some conversation, lots of conversation about who we wanted Jesus to um, how we wanted to reflect Jesus in our lives. And we also had lots of conversations about just angels and really cool things. Um, But we started working also at a pool shop in the summers when we were in college. And that couple that owned the pool shop, um, as they followed Jesus, we were able to observe and we learned so much. Do you guys ever have these moments in your life that are like, mile markers in your life, 
Like you just know God is going to do something in that moment. He's going to use that moment for something, but you just don't know what it is yet. It might not even be significant if you tell someone, but to you, you just know God is going to do something. Well, I had one of those moments about two years ago. Um, I was, honestly, I had a really busy morning. Um, Typically, everything that I do in the morning, I didn't do that morning. My husband travels sometimes, so he was away. I uh, got the kids ready. I did breakfast for the family. I did those things. I took care of the dogs and all the things to make sure that they were set for the day. I got myself ready, and I just rushed out of my house. And it wasn't until I got in my car that I realized, gosh, I didn't spend any time with the Lord, and I didn't even think about God until I got in my car. And I started to feel guilty. And I thought, goodness, why am I feeling so guilty for not doing the things that keep me connected to Jesus? And so I started talking to him about that. Like, why am I feeling guilty? That is not of Jesus. And honestly, he didn't answer my question. I really wanted to know. But instead, I felt compelled to pray over every person that I passed on the highway. I prayed for these strangers that I didn't know, so I didn't know how to pray for them. But I felt so connected to the Lord in that moment. And because I know that he loves me and I trust him, I felt so connected to these people. And I love them, which was crazy. These strangers I'm passing on the highway. It was this beautiful moment that I really can't explain. It was so beautiful to me and so memorable. It was like God had etched it, carved it on my heart so I wouldn't forget. Well, my day continued and life went on. I um, got to work and kind of put that memory in the back of my mind. I'll come back to that story in a little bit. But right now, I would love for us to go ahead and jump into John 15. We're going to be sitting in 1 through 17. Uh, There's a lot to unpack in here, and I don't think I'm going to be able to do it in 25 minutes, but I can share with you what God has been teaching me. I'm reading from the English Standard Version, so let's dig in. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I am him, he it is that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear more fruit, and so prove to be his disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandment, you will abide in my love, 
just as I have kept my Father's commandment and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may live in you and that your joy may be full. I'll stop right there at John 15, 11. There's already words in here that I don't, I'm not sure I understand. Um, like, abide in me and I in you. Whoever abides in me, abide in my love. I'm not sure I know really what abide means. And so I looked it up. Um, John uses the word over and over and over in John 15. So, gosh, we probably should know what it means. So I looked it up, and Webster defines it this way. To remain stable or fixed in a state, to continue in one place, to dwell to live in or at a specific place. That sounds pretty cool. But I also thought, like, gosh, I would like to know what, is, what are similar words to this. So I started looking up synonyms to abide. Adhere to, comply with, conform to, follow, obey, observe, attach to. All of those ways, all of those things, those words do sound like ways that we abide if you just think about the Christian life. But when I read that, one, that whole list, one word stuck out to me, attach. I immediately thought, what are some of the things I attach myself to? What are some of the things that we all attach ourselves to? If Jesus is asking us to attach ourselves to the vine, what is taking place of the vine? I would love to hear from you guys, because we all do this. We all attach ourselves to something. So I would love to hear, just shout them out. What are some of the things that you find yourself attaching to? Career. Career, yeah. Opinions of others. Opinions of others. Friends. Friends. Work. Work. Yes, yes, all of those things are real things that we attach ourselves to. A big one for me, I heard a couple people of you, a couple people say it, is work. I, I used to do interior design, and I did interior design for 10 years, and I loved it. I loved it. It was so much fun. It was exciting. There was something new every day, so I loved that. I love variety. I love change, so I loved that piece of it, and I loved the hustle. It was competitive, and it was like... You had to go out and try and find, see, find a job. Find someone who is going to, to sell what you're buying. And that was invigorating. I loved it. But I knew when Aaron and I wanted to have kids that I couldn't be the kind of mom that I wanted to be and, and do this hustle of a job. I knew that it would be too tempting for me to work the amount of hours that I was working with no kids if I had kids. So I decided um, I was going to quit my job. And that was tough for me because I was attaching myself so much to interior design. And I ended up quitting my job, which was great, and God did a work on me during that year. I really um, found myself super lost and um, maybe even a little depressed, um, empty, uh, because I had attached myself to something that was less satisfying than the Lord. Something that could easily be taken away from me. What does it look like when we don't abide? Let's look in verse 6. 
If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch that withers. Now, I don't think this means that Jesus discards you. That's just not the heart of Jesus. It's not, the, it's not the heart that I hear when I read his passages, when I read his word. I don't think he discards you. I actually think he's trying to prove a point to us. Maybe it means that we merely, um, that being close to the source of life is not enough. Neither is being intertwined with other branches. It's not enough. I think he wants us to understand that only branches who truly connect to the source of life, the power of Jesus Christ, will bear fruit. Well, how do we abide? Goodness. (laughs) How do we connect to the power of the vine without making it a to-do list like I did that day in my car? I didn't check off that morning's list, and so I felt guilty, which, again, is not of Jesus. I don't claim to have all the answers, and I actually um, would never say that I'm, like, killing it at abiding. That actually sounds ridiculous, but I would never say that, but I do think that we can't do this alone. I think that we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need this intimate relationship with his spirit. Let's look at uh, John 14, 25. Jesus says, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all the things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. It is impossible to abide in Jesus without the Holy Spirit. In John 15, 5, he makes that clear. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. To attach ourselves, to abide in, to connect to the power of the vine is to invite the Holy Spirit, to invite Jesus into every aspect of our life. We need to study the scriptures so that we know the heart of Jesus. Not like Grace was saying earlier where she spent her whole life with this knowledge. No, we study the scriptures so we know the heart of Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit reminds us throughout the day of what we're learning. Reminds us, brings to mind those scriptures for us. It's really a beautiful thing. I think another way that we can abide in Jesus, and this one's a little bit time, this takes time, um, is, is to pray in the spirit of Jesus. And that's something I think we've been kind of practicing at the beginning is just this stillness and this, this quietness or just asking the Lord to share something with us. I think that happens over time. We begin to, the more that we know the heart of Jesus, the more that we can hear his voice. And then he begins to transform us through the Holy Spirit. The ways we are made new are not works that we could possibly do on our own or even sustain. It's exhausting to try to strive and to... um, Keep up this to-do list of the things that we do for Jesus. That's not what he wants of us. Let's continue in John and picking up at 12. 
This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. No, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I called you my friends, for all that I have from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that wherever you ask of the Father in my name, he, will may, he may give to you these things I command you so that you will love one another. Again, there's a lot in there. But the thing that I love and the thing that really sticks out to me and the thing that probably speaks to my heart is that he calls us friends. He calls us friends and he chooses us. He chose you so that you could bear fruit like love and joy and kindness and gentleness and peace. I mean, who doesn't need more peace in their life? I mean, can I get an amen? I feel like we, yes. (laughs) Well, I have learned so much about John. And one of the things that I have loved learning is his relationship with Jesus. Carrie talked about uh, John reclining at the Last Supper um, next to Jesus, and he was asking Jesus, who is going to betray you? And she talked about how asking those type of questions, only John could ask that because he was close. There's an intimacy and a close connection they share. John was one of the three disciples of Jesus Uh, like his inner circle. It was John, Peter, and James who were in that inner circle of Jesus. John's role was different than Peter, which I found found very fascinating too. John was not going to lead a movement like Peter, but instead John was going to give an account. John was going to bear witness to Jesus. John is sharing personal and powerful witness to who Jesus is because he knows him deeply. And you can, you can hear that. What if, what if we had that close of relationship with Jesus? The connection, the intimacy, I think that's what the Father wants from all of us. John also refers to himself as the one whom Jesus loves five times in this gospel. I was catching up with a friend um, last week at a coffee shop, and I asked her, you know, so what is God teaching you right now? And she shared some things, and so she asked me, what is God teaching you right now? And honestly, I've just been sitting in the book of John, and so I was like, well, where do I start? So I was like, John 15, and he's teaching me a lot about abiding, and he's teaching me a lot about this intimate relationship that he had with John. And I said, and, you know, John said he was the one that Jesus loves. And she laughed. And I thought, huh, that's kind of strange. But I just kept going. And then, you know, we talked about some other things, and we moved on, and we left. And when I got in my car, I thought, that's really interesting. Why did she laugh? You know, I think some people think that how John referred to himself was strange. I think some people think it was funny. And I think some people think it was arrogant. But what if... What if John abided in Jesus by referring to himself as the one whom Jesus loved? 
What if he stripped himself of all of the worldly things, not his job, not his friends, not his relationships anywhere else, not even his own name? It was so cool to have that thought, and then I was just fascinated by that, and I thought, you know, I want to do a little bit more homework. And so I found, I started reading a little bit more about John, and scholars even think that John referred to himself as the one whom Jesus loves as an act of humility. Like, he wanted only Jesus, them to remember the name of Jesus. Like, he wanted to make Jesus so famous that he just backed himself out of it and didn't even call himself by his name. I just love that. That is such a beautiful picture. I shared this story with you earlier about driving in my car and praying over folks, and I'm sure those people I was driving past probably thought it was crazy, but I had a similar experience to that a couple weeks ago. Uh, I was here at Hope. Honestly, I was having a, a bad day. I uh, left a meeting, and I was frustrated. I was so frustrated with work stuff. Yes, I can work at a church and be frustrated with work stuff. And so I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go to a coffee shop, and I'm just going to sit and chill, get my work done, and just kind of clear my mind. So when I got in the car, I mean, if you haven't noticed this, my car is like my holy space. And so I get in my car, and I'm like, Lord, I do not want to be frustrated. Can you just, like, take this from me? Take this away from me. And I began to just talk and pray to the, to the Lord, and I started to remember that day that I had in my car when I was praying over the people that I passed. And I just started to do the same thing. I just started to pray over everyone I passed, and I really cannot explain what this feels like. Have any of you ever had, like, um, this moment where you're, like, it's like a soundtrack Like, everybody in the space surrounding you is, like, moving to the same song. That's what it felt like. It felt like the song is connecting us right now. I'm so connected with the Father right now that I'm connected to you, stranger, in your car. It felt like we are all so connected because I'm abiding in in Jesus in this one moment. And so I lived that all the way to the, riding that high, all the way to the coffee shop. And when I got there, I just felt so grateful um, that we can be that connected to the Lord, the creator of the universe. And so I thought, you know, I'm just going to work. I got my computer out. I opened it up and thought, okay, here we go. Just typing away in these emails. But I couldn't. I wanted to so bad because there were so many things I needed to do, but I couldn't. There are so many opportunities all around me to pray for folks and to just be, just to be with Jesus in this space. And so I don't know if you guys ever do this, but my family actually hates when I do this. I will um, kind of join in to conversations that are happening around me at restaurants. <laughs> I'll do it at like sporting events. I'll do it literally anywhere there's people. I will like join in on the conversation and my family's like, hey. 
we're over here. I'm kind of like, well, I just want to see if she goes to camp this summer. Can you just hold on a second? I don't know why I do it, but I do. My family calls it eavesdropping, but I call it good listener. It's like a great quality in someone, right? And so I began to do that. Anyone who came in and sat next to me, they were subject to my prayer. I just could not help myself. And so God showed me so much through those conversations, too, how we are all so intertwined and how we can go to the Father on behalf of others, and they don't know it. And that is what was so beautiful about those two experiences. I felt so purposeful and so connected to the Lord, and nobody knew I was loving them through prayer. And they didn't need to. I didn't care. It was one of the most powerful experiences I've had, and I think it's a glimpse of what it looks like to abide. I think that those moments I had um, is what God wants from us. Those quiet spaces that nobody knows about with him. In that moment, I was not attaching myself to anything other than the Lord. And I think God used that moment a few years ago and tied it to this moment that, I, that happened that day at the coffee shop to teach me something. I think he wanted me to ask myself, what are you attaching yourself to? Am I attaching myself to a to-do list that looks like connection with the Lord? Am I attaching myself to my work? You see those moments I have with the Lord? That is what abiding is. And I don't do it well often. <laughs> That's why I can remember those two incidents so well. You know, as I'm learning, I think abiding is... As we go along, we learn the heart of Jesus. We learn the heart of Jesus so that we can live the heart of Jesus with the help of the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. Abiding is as we go along, we learn and know the heart of Jesus so that we can live the heart of Jesus with the help of the Holy Spirit. You know what? When we do that, we get to look a little bit like John. We get to bear witness to Jesus. We get to share a personal and powerful witness to who Jesus is because we know him deeply. So guys, as we are moving in the way of Jesus, I want to ask you, what are you attaching yourself to? Are you attaching yourself to the source, to the vine? Are you attaching yourself to the truth in God's word? What if we were like John? What if we just started abiding in one way this week? What if we attached ourselves to these words? I am the one whom Jesus loves. Jenna, you are the one whom Jesus loves. Josh, you are the one whom Jesus loves. Claire, 
you are the one whom Jesus loves. Michael, you are the one whom Jesus loves. Megan, you are the one whom Jesus loves. Let's pray. Ah, Father, you are so good and you're full of mercy and grace. I thank you for these moments that we get to share with you. I thank you that we can be so connected to you through the power of Jesus Christ and for the, with the help of the Holy Spirit. And God, I just ask that you would bless this group of folks. I pray, God, that they would come to know you deeper. I pray that there would be a fire, a desire in their heart to know you so well that they would be in your word so that they can hear your voice so clearly. And Father, I thank you for how you've created each of them. I pray right now that they would just, those things that they're attaching themselves to, that they would let go. Their grip would begin to loosen, and God, they would begin to attaching themselves to your vine, to your truth. I pray that they would know that they are the one that Jesus loves. Thank you, God, for the ways that you love us. A lot of that is through community, and so, God, I thank you for this group of people who are building community together. I pray that it would be full of grace and mercy and just covered in your gospel. And it's in the beautiful name of Jesus that I pray all of these things. Amen.